You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Literally, we talked about sweaty balls on the podcast and it was okay. You have to have a home run at some point, right? The law of averages says that. <laughs> so the original tweet said, was the sweep karma for our shots at the Orioles last week? Yes. And welcome to episode number 116 of Artificial Turf War, where we're still waiting on our plane ticket to our rehab assignment. I'm your host, Greg Wisniewski, and I'm joined tonight by Joshua Housem. Josh, how's it going? Not too bad. And you? Uh, very well, very well. We actually have a super secret third person in the booth. Um, I'd like you to meet Butterscotch the Wabbit, who has somehow ended up in my, uh, my studio for the duration here. <laughs> what? We have a pet rabbit, and oh. um, yeah, pet rabbit's in here, and uh, pet rabbit has no vocal cords, so not a lot of contribution, uh, but if you want to see Butterscotch the Rabbit, you can look at on Instagram at Butterscotch the Wabbit with a W. Uh, she's quite famous, as I'm told by <clears throat> her owner. Anyway, hopefully there will be no loud banging noises in the background as the bunny knocks things over. We can move on to the part where the Blue Jays uh, didn't do very well at all this week. Uh... They took two or three from the Phillies, and then they just got slaughtered by Baltimore on the road. Um, also, we can talk about Kendris Morales making history. We can talk about Aaron Sanchez and how he really didn't make any history coming back. The Arizona Fall League is taking shape as all of the prospects from different teams get cobbled together. Uh, Josh Donaldson, rehabbing, which I have here in quotation marks for some reason, Josh. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> and there's another trade deadline in baseball because there's nothing that baseball doesn't like more than a long and drawn out process to get to the playoff. So what do we think about the Blue Jays actual on field situation here? Because those two wins that they had against the Phillies, one of those was really a lot more luck than skill, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, this was, that was the Sanchez start, I think, is the one you're talking about. But the Jays, I mean, they, they had a five-game winning streak in there. And yet, in their last 13 games, they are 5-8. and eight. Sounds like the team I know. 
<laughs> four <laughs> losses, five wins, four losses. They do like bunching things up. Yeah, yeah. They're not doing that sweep, get swept thing all the time now, but the, the, sort of the general feel is similar. I, the, the game I was referring to was the game they won 8-6 against the Phillies. Yeah, that was a Sanchez game. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's so many games that they've gone down 5 nothing or worse that I was momentarily unsure who started. Fair point. No, the other game was uh, Barucki, who pitched actually very well against the Phillies. I think he went six and a third, gave up two runs. Far, far cry from his second outing of, of the week against the Orioles, where he did make it out of the fourth. But, you know, that, that it was actually a, a big shock. I mean, we talked about the way this team had played against good teams of late in our last podcast. So to see them go and take two or three from a team that was in a fight for a playoff spot was quite nice. And then they took that goodwill and just <laughs> set it on fire. <laughs> yeah, they set a lot of things on fire. That's that's what this team does. Uh, in a strange twist, when the Phillies came to town, they did not have a Blue Jay legend playing for them. And now they do. I, I, I don't know what the timing was all about on that. It would have been kind of cool to see uh, them face off against Jose Bautista. But nevertheless, the Mets traded him to the Phillies. Yeah, it would have been weird seeing get, getting two Bautista comebacks, especially because you know, when he was with the Braves, people were lining up to buy those tickets for that game, that first game against the Braves, and then he got released before that game. And then they showed up when the Mets played. It'd be funny if they got to show up again for the Phillies, but alas, it was not meant to be. And Aaron Loop didn't play in the series either. You know, those two names go together, right? They were worth, worth mentioning in the same sentence. <laughs> Well, legend begins with an L and loop begins with an L, so I guess they have something in common. You came up with that very quickly. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm light on my feet. Uh, yeah. There... Also begins with an L. Hmm? I said that also begins, also begins with, an with an L. L. Yes. The Blue Jays' problem has not been the hitting. There have been runs on the board in a lot of these games for the Blue Jays. But... Uh, yeah, I mean... And the hitting hasn't been great either. I mean, they got shut out in that first game against Baltimore. Right. But overall, it's it's not like, oh, my God, nobody nobody's hitting the baseball. It's generally the number of runs against them is just sky. What did they average? Ten runs a game versus the Orioles? Almost. Yeah, they gave up 29 runs in the three games. A does the lineup have anyone with an OPS of over 700 at the moment? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to check. Because when Manny Machado left, I don't think there was anybody over like 732 or something at that point. So, yeah, that that's the team that, that just wiped the floor with you. There's definitely something's got to give before spring training of, uh, of 2019. Yeah, I mean, and, and something will. You know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen there, but there's definitely going to be some changes made. And I mean... They have to. They can't. They can't go in with this again, and they won't. Right? They've got these young guys coming up, and then they've got a bunch of guys that are going to be leaving. So changes will come, and it'll give a good sense of the direction that the team is heading in next year, depending on who they go out and get. Just as we said this year, right? Yeah. You know, we didn't know what they were going to do, and then they went and sort of got these floor raising players, which obviously didn't do the job, and that sort of signified, oh, they're going to try to tread water and contend again. But I don't think we're going to see that again. No, I don't think that the timelines line up for another. Uh, we'll just kind of hodgepodge it together season. But uh, that's yet to be determined, like you said. I, perhaps I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, we can celebrate the offense of 
Kendris Morales, a man who was batting, what, 150-something before he made one appearance as a pitcher? It was bad. I, mean, I don't remember what the numbers actually were, but he uh, he has an, an unbelievable turnaround. I mean, it, I don't think I can remember anything like that where a guy was just like, he, he was dead in the water. I mean, everyone was writing him off. His season was done. His career was done. They should just release him. And now he leads the team in OPS among guys with you know a certain number of plate appearances. I think I remember David Ortiz one year having not not that abysmal season, but having hit like no home runs into the second week of May, and he was thirty six or thirty seven, and they had already chiseled the, his gravestone basically. And three years later, David Ortiz was still an offensive force for the Boston Red Sox. So I guess that's kind of what I I'm reminded of, like, probably also because he was a DH. Uh, the Blue Jays could have really used more Kendris Morales-ness earlier on in the season. I think maybe it would have helped a little bit. But he hit seven home runs, or sorry, home runs in seven consecutive games. Lots of records there. In Blue Jay land, he's way past the record. But he's also the only switch hitter in Major League Baseball to ever do that. I thought that was kind of a neat little side record. Yeah, well, I think he might have hit them all left-handed, which is kind of goofy. I'm not 100% sure on that. I was actually at the last one of these, and I guess that's sort of a, like the, the crowd around us was like, we're all hyped. And it's like, oh, okay, we don't actually expect it. And then when he hit the home run, the seventh one, I think four people, me included, were like, oh, my God, he did it again. <laughs> uh, I, I think a season needs oh, my God moments, even if they're on individual accomplishments, because it's it's been that kind of year right that, that there hasn't been much to talk about so it, it is really cool that it's not just like oh a blue jays record or kind of a you know a, a personal best streak or something it, it really is a uh a, a both lucky and skilled accomplishment also a really weird thing with the blue jays calendar which i'm sure you saw where the the uh the the fact the of, the day. Fact of the day was the players who'd hit eight home, run, home runs in eight straight games happened to fall on the day where he could have tied it yes that is the yeah, weirdest that's... thing man I, I like yeah so that calendar is still correct for those of you who have your blue jay fact today calendar and haven't looked at august but i think it's 27th or 28th don't worry it's not out of date yeah that's really funny that's that's the baseball gods having some fun with everybody i think absolutely absolutely we talked about Ryan Barucki, good start, bad start. We also mentioned Aaron Sanchez. That was a return from the DL start. I guess I didn't highlight that earlier. He's all better, but he's he's not good enough yet, maybe, for prime time. Did they, did they hurry Sanchez back? I don't think so. I mean, I think he was ready to come back, but he sort of continued part of his issue that he's had this season where he just wasn't throwing as hard. I mean, like he's still throwing pretty hard, but he's off by a mile an hour from last year. And you know, that's not insignificant, especially when you're a guy who relies so heavily on your fastball. So that's obviously meaningful to some degree, at least. And then one of the weird things about the start is his fastball that he was throwing the most was his four seamer, which he doesn't typically do. Usually he relies on the sinker first to get those ground balls. So I think that may have contributed to how hittable he was. So he may not do that next time out. He did. One of the encouraging things, though, was he was throwing more curveballs, which seemed to be an issue for him early in the season. Pitchers, I find they they mess with their mix or they mess with what they're doing. And it seems very opaque 
to people who are watching as to why they would take something that seemed to be working very well and then just randomly alter it. We talked about Strowman a lot last year and Osuna um, doing things that didn't make any sense and then eventually going back to the thing that worked for them. And there's another example, Sanchez. It's like, okay, why are you throwing four-seam fastballs? Do you not trust the infield? Do you not have a feel for the pitch? Is it... It's frustrating, I think, um, and I, I wonder sometimes if it's frustrating as a as a coach if you don't know why he's going out there and doing that. Yeah, I do wonder if part of this is based on the ball because you know, we've talked about many examples of this in the past. But I mean, Aaron uh, Marcus Stroman talked about the ball when he got his you know out with a blister, which the horrible one we talked about last time, and the sinker specifically, you have to really pull, put pressure on your index finger to throw that pitch because that's what makes the ball run or dive in the case of Marcus Stroman. So I wonder if there's part of that that's come at play, or at least with the curveball with Sanchez more so, because he has been throwing sinkers. But either way, I think that ball might be having a bigger impact on pitchers' repertoires than we're giving credit. What was the, with the ball the other night in Baltimore that apparently the ball was all soggy? Well, it was just extremely humid. Okay. Is that bad and for a pitcher or good? For, there's a, there's it's a not for good. It. You don't really want that because you're sweat, right? right? Sweat equals wetness. So obviously that's not ideal. But And apparently the <laughs> the sweat from the umpire was causing the balls in his little pouch to get all wet. Oh, <laughs> oh, maybe I shouldn't have asked about that at all. <laughs> <laughs> That was a more visceral reaction than I was expecting. It's so really anyway, uh, literally, we talked about sweaty balls on the podcast, and it was okay. Um, the Arizona Fall League rosters were announced. <laughs> well, it's not it's not humid there, so there you go. <laughs> very dry, very very dry, which also can be a problem with grip, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, that's why they have the powders and everything like that. So we guessed at this last week, or, or or we said who we would send, and we got some of them right. So Vlad is going. Cool. Bo is going, and Kevin Vigio is going. So that's a fun trio to watch right there. Yeah, and it's a bit of a reunion for uh, for Vlad um, because he was playing with those two guys for most of the season and had to had to go away, and they didn't ever get that call. Yeah, although he might also go back down there for the playoffs because new hampshire made it and buffalo didn't i'm guessing he will just because why not go try to win uh and then the pitchers they sent are jackson mcclellan who i also thought might go zach jackson and sean morimando which most people don't know who that is obviously i don't know who it is because i don't i'm not don't even know the people i'm supposed to know who they are (laughs) (laughs) fair enough uh so morimando he's a 25 year old reliever essentially actually he's a starter but should be a reliever at some point so i'm a little surprised at this one i mean he's not doing well in buffalo i don't really know the reason for this it seems kind of odd Ooh, cryptic mystery and it's weird because there is a limited number of roster spots on, for each team on the afl correct here's a, a fun little fact though he has made two big league appearances his big league debut was against the Blue Jays in 2006. 16. <laughs> 2006? <laughs> Eight years old. <laughs> yeah, 2016. <laughs> well, that's cool. I, I uh, also don't remember him from then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, Arizona Fall League is, I forget, how many weeks long is it? 
three, I think. So it's not a huge number of reps we're talking about here. It's it's more of a showcase. Yeah, and I also think it's you know, they, we talk about the reasons the guy will send, they'll send a, a guy to the Arizona Fall League. I think in this case is to see against a grouping of top type guys what Bo and Vlad will do, and then for Kevin Biggio. It could be that, but it also could be a showcase for other teams too, because I'm not sure how much they're really looking at him as a future piece. Were there no Bobichet and Vlad Guerrero Jr., I have a feeling that uh, Biggio's story would be the biggest Blue Jays minor league story of the year, though, had he not been overshadowed by those other two guys. I mean, there's a good case that his story is better than Bobichet's this year. I mean, he's played better, but because no one expected Kevin Biggio to do anything like what he's been doing. The power came completely out of nowhere. So cool. Good on him. <laughs> you know, fans get to see these guys again for a couple weeks. Yeah. And uh, useful pieces are not just useful on the field. Sometimes they're useful to, like you said, trade them. Uh, the other reason why you might see someone in a uniform that you're not used to, other than playing in the playoffs or going down to the AFL is because He's injured and needs to come back from rehab. And, and that is Josh Donaldson in the sunny climate of Dunedin. Who... <laughs> Not quite so sunny. It's pouring there. They almost... yeah. <laughs> that was quite good. Good segue, by the way. Congratulations. <laughs> but <laughs> this is a, a weird situation. So they sent him out on this rehab assignment. And he played five innings in the first game. And then immediately the next game had calf and leg soreness. But like, this literally falls under, are you kidding me, for me? My only, I have two conclusions, possible conclusions. One is, Josh Donaldson uh, has been told, more or less, that if you're anywhere near game shape, we need to get you in a game, and you'll probably go over the reasons why that's important to do right now. Or, two, he's irrevocably, irrevocably broken, and the Blue Jays literally don't know what to do with him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's really it's really weird situation. I mean, it seemed like he I mean, he was building towards this. It wasn't like it came out of nowhere. He'd been amping up his running and everything like that. So, I don't know. The timing is obviously funny because of you know, the waiver deadline, which we're going to go into a little more depth on, but that's tomorrow. We're recording this on Thursday. They have to trade him by Friday, which meant he had to go on waivers by Wednesday, and he had to be playing in order to go on waivers. So, the timing is a little coincidental shall we say yeah you better go play because we need to potentially get rid of you so get on the field and then yeah. it's like oh well i i'm on the field but i'm not really on the field because i can't go right back out on the field that just yeah. is like what yeah and apparently he's gonna try they have a double header today so apparently he's gonna play one of the two games and that will probably be a heavily heavy determining factor in the ability for the Blue Jays to trade him. And the situation with the would, two... Would you like an update on that? Sure. He played game one. He hit a oh. bomb. He flew out. He grounded out. All right, there you go. So <laughs> he did play. And I guess how he feels tomorrow will really be the telling situation, right? If he's like, oh, I need another day off after this, then I don't know. How does the team trade for that? Nobody does. Nobody in the right mind does. Play for a, a guy who you're only going to have for a month who maybe plays two days out of three. If yeah, there's there's nothing. I would argue there's really not much there right now other than if you really, really, really wanted the name Josh Donaldson on your roster. I'm I'm sure there's 
if someone's trying to trade right at this deadline, there's there's probably someone else who's more of a sure thing than JD. Oh, absolutely, but you're not getting anywhere close to the upside, right? Like if you're say the Phillies or Cleveland or something, and you're like, we want a guy that if he comes back to full tilt by the end of the especially the Cleveland team like Cleveland, who's going to the postseason, right? It's like, as long as he's healthy and raring to go by the last two weeks of the season, that's a guy that can slot in, in the four stick or the three stick or whoever in their lineup for the postseason. Yeah. I, I just don't know why any team would believe that that was a reasonable expectation at this point. I guess it doesn't cost them much to find out. Well, that's the thing, right? It's you, you're not going to be trading. I mean, the Cubs got Daniel Murphy for nothing. And Daniel Murphy was raking and healthy. So I, I don't see any trade having a lot of value. But the situation is going forward will be interesting too. Josh Donaldson was giving some quotes to Rob Longley of the Toronto Sun. And he's going to have a whole piece up at some point. By the time you listen to us, it'll be up. But it's not up yet. But two of the quotes. One, on reports that the Jays put him on waivers, quote, I can't control that, man. I can't control what the team wants to do with me. One, everyone goes on waivers, but he still doesn't sound happy about it. But the next one, on his situation with the Blue Jays front office this year, quote, there's a lot I can say about that, but I choose not to say anything about it right now. There will be a time. Don't pull any punches there, Josh. That's ominous sounding. <laughs> well, you know, obviously he's he's not happy where he's at, whether that be because of the injury or because, you know, he's getting messages one way or another. Uh but at the same time, I you know, is he, is someone going to come and negotiate a contract with him or, you know, reach out after this season with anything other than, than a qualifying offer or a one-year deal? I don't think anybody in the Blue Jays organization does that. No, no, it's, it's a very weird situation. I mean, we went into oh. the season talking about the reliability of Josh Donaldson, and that, it's like we took it out on the mound and poured gasoline all over it <laughs> like, more things being set on fire we talked about this earlier on what we do yeah someone cursed this team but uh so here, here's actually an update so andrew stoden just put this out if a player on the dl clears revocable slash trade waivers he needs to be activated within 72 hours that's a tough ask for josh donaldson ah <laughs> <sighs> So, so what's his path to being traded at the moment? Basically, he needs to clear waivers and then be ready to be activated in three days. And how long does clearing waivers potentially take? It takes 48 hours. Holy moly. Anyway. And also, he, so another quote, he said he wanted to have a little stint in AAA before going back to the big leagues. Um. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I mean, maybe he just plays out the string in Toronto and they don't get anything for him. And then th those three weeks, say, are him getting, you know, a, a picture of, or giving people a picture of what he can actually do without worrying about being traded or not, which is maybe what he wanted all along. That's the only way that his quotes make sense to me. I guess. Or maybe he just doesn't. I think it's more he doesn't want to come up until he's absolutely ready because he's a pending free agent. It's not so much the wanting to play out the string part. I think he'd much prefer to be in a pennant race, but I think that he doesn't want to get rushed back and struggle. So why did he clean out his locker? That's not. <laughs> they just mailed him his stuff so he could go on the rehab assignment. 
Oh my goodness. So the second trade deadline uh, we wanted to talk at least briefly about because that first whole trade deadline was about not having to go on waivers before you were traded so you could be claimed by some team and potentially blocked out of a trade. But this is the real trade deadline. Not really. You can trade for people in September too. But what's key about this trade deadline, Josh? The key point here is that if you trade a choir player before this one, they are eligible to play for you in the postseason. That's the big one. So like the Jays, for example, traded for Darwin Barney before the uh, in uh, September of 2015 because of their middle infielders were all injured. Yep. But he wasn't eligible to play in the postseason. Whereas Pennington, who they traded for in August, was. And that's the big one. So like a team trading for Josh Donaldson will not want to have to be like, okay, you can't be on our postseason roster. Oh, no, no, they definitely. But if, if there is someone with a short-term injury or a, uh, a role to fill in the bullpen maybe for a couple of weeks, you might see um, a body move still in September. But, but if anybody wants to really make that push and, and have someone carry them into the, through the playoffs, that's got to happen in the next 30, well, as we record this, 36 hours? Yeah, yeah, it's got to be by the end of the day on the 31st, so... Not even 36 hours. But uh, there are other guys, though, that are obviously on this list. I mean, Estrada kind of took himself out of contention by leaving with back problems again. So, you know, there goes that one. But Granderson, I think, could still see being moved. And even potentially Tyler Clippard, who's, you know, he's been up and down and he's Tyler Clippard. But teams always need relievers, especially it's a lot easier to pick up a guy like Tyler Clippard when rosters are expanding. Yeah, you got 40 guys on the roster keeping Tyler Clippard in your back pocket might not be the worst move for a team that has an eye on the playoff. So, you never know. Nope. Any other <laughs> notes before we go to the really important part of this show? <laughs> no, I think that's good. Tom Pannone got his second minor league start, and this time didn't go so well. Major league. No, minor league. He faced the Orioles again. Ah, I see. Another... <laughs> Another unnecessary, unprompted shot at the quality of the Orioles ball club, even though they just swept us. I I admire your uh, chutzpah. Uh, we'll be right back with swing and a drive after this. And ladies and gentlemen, we have. Once again, an opportunity to play everybody's favorite game, or at least if everybody includes me and Josh, everybody's favorite game, Swing and a Drive, and uh, this is our theme. Swing and a Drive! It's got to be a home run, right? Swing and a Drive! That's a catch! Swing and a Drive! It's only a double. And he's going to make the catch that ball didn't carry. <laughs> Let's face it, we didn't have a clue. And not having a clue is pretty much the theme. I would like to welcome, of course, Josh. Josh isn't going to be playing Yo. tonight. How, how's it going? Good. It's going to be weird just listening to this happening for once. <laughs> Josh is just going to be sarcastic. And uh, if there's any judging problems, uh, actually, you know what, Josh? I'm going to have you keep score because I'm generally bad at that. How about that? Yeah, you are. Also, that's good. You got, you got a scorekeeper this time. All I've right. been demoted. Our contestant is Dave Church. Welcome back, Dave. Hey, thanks for having me on again, guys. Always a pleasure. <laughs> uh, you earned it. Absolutely earned it. Um, thank you once again for your patronage. How, how did I earn it? For sending the same question twice? or? Uh... 
Oh my goodness. Um, Patreon.com will have all of your answers if you ever figure out how to get back onto that website. Uh, and I, and it doesn't our... crash anymore. Oh, it doesn't? No. Good, good stuff. And our, uh, our, our challenger, I guess you would call him, is Mr. Nick Dyka. Nick, how goes it? Hey, thanks for uh, having me, Greg. Uh, long-time talker, first-time participant in Swinging a Drive. Yeah, I, you haven't played before? We haven't made you play? Oh, first time? Yeah, this is my first time playing the, the game itself. What? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought we'd faced off at least once. The nice oh, part... Oh, no, Josh. Wipe the floor. Uh... Wipe the floor with me. <laughs> <laughs> the nice part is there is no discernible advantage to having played before. Everybody is no, on is not. an even <laughs> even footing. So first of all, I like to test the audio. Uh, Hazel May is going to help us out tonight. So first, uh, everybody listen to Hazel. He brushed off the blurry vision as just being tired, but it turns out he had astig um, astigma it's astigmatism in both eyes. Everybody got that? <laughs> yeah, that came through. I thought you had a stutter for a second, but no, that was just a legit screw. No, that's that's uh, that's Hazel. Um, not an optometrist, but that's okay. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna get right down to it. Um, the the options tonight will be home run. They will be uh, ball in play for a hit because they're not necessarily an extra base hit in these clips, and they will be ball caught for an out. So those will be your choices. Um, we will let you go first, Dave, in the guesses because you are the uh, the guest. So we're going to go with oh, random. Also. Sorry, sir. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, no problem. We are going to go with Randall Grichuk. Here's Randall. Not running again. Going to drive. Well, I, I had to do get that out of the way. Swinging a drive. Is that Ooh, that Buck's unexcited tone suggests to me that's a home run? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think, Nick? Yeah, can, I'm because I haven't played before. Can I guess the same thing as Dave? Absolutely. Yeah, my thinking is okay. Yeah, my my thinking is because Richard hits it so hard when he does connect, it, it's going to keep going. All right. Uh, so you're you're both saying home run. Yep. Here's part two. Left field, but it's not that deep. Martin's going back to tag it first. Upton has the go oh, and I'm makes sorry. it in time. And oh, 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 sorry, guys. That's, that's no <laughs> points for anybody. Overthinking well, it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're gonna go with we're gonna go with number two. Number two is Aledmus Diaz. So uh, it's nice to have a new new players. To do swing and a drive with, maybe the arc of the home run is a little different. So part one for Diaz, Nick, you're you're going to be guessing first this time. We we like to alternate. So here we go. Couple of home runs there. Swing and a drive deep to center field. Ooh, another swing and a drive. Now, notice he even mentioned a home run right before the crack of the bat. That's something right there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm going no homer. I, I'm going fly out. Fly out. Dave? Sounds like a base hit to me. I don't think he hit it out in center. <laughs> Sounds like a base hit. So we have one base hit, one off. Now, Josh, 
you've 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 had a moment you've you've gotten settled in you've stepped back any tips for the guys at this point you're, you're gonna advise anybody to change their <laughs> change their guess i think the advice on this is just like whatever the first thing that comes into your head so for me this was a home run but the first thing that comes in your head just go with it don't try to not don't try to analyze it <laughs> all right the, the zen and the art of swinging a drive part two of the diaz flyout Alex Smith has good speed. He makes the catch in front of the yeah. wall in deep uh, right center. And you can hear the crack of the bat off the bat of... Now, did you hear he made... Buck made two excuses for screwing up that call. <laughs> Classic Buck. First, he said Malik Smith's speed was the reason that it was, was not a hit. And then second, he, he blamed the crack of the bat for misleading him. So I appreciate <laughs> Buck. Never change, Buck. <laughs> All right. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez is, is our next candidate. So, oh, score is, is... We did get a point there, did we not, Josh? Yeah, it's one nothing for Nick after two rounds. one nothing for Nick. So, uh, given that, we have Teoscar Hernandez. Part one. High fly ball, deep to center field. Get up ball. That ball's going to... Okay, so we had a get up ball. That's our first get up ball of the day. I don't know if anybody's actually keeping track of that. <laughs> Guesses, uh, Dave. Said that ball's going to and wasn't excited. I think that's a base hit. All right. Nick? Uh, I'm going to go fly out again. Wow. Okay. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, this is a three-parter. I'm going to give you the middle part and I'm going to give you a chance to change your opinion. So here is part Die. No, it's <laughs> so that ball is going to die. No. <laughs> so, does anybody want to change uh, what you just uh, said? Oh man, he, oh. you know what? He's so unpredictable. I'm, I'm sticking with fly out. Fly out. Yeah, I'll stick by the integrity of my first guess. If I if I lose, <laughs> I lose with integrity. All right. Don't say I wasn't fair. You were. Go up against the wall as Heredia played it perfectly. Granderson tagged at second and he moves to third. That's a flyout. Three flyouts in a row. Flyouts. (laughs) But they all sounded different. They did. (laughs) They very much did. Uh, Did we have anyone guess fly out there? Yeah, Nick did. So Nick's up 2 0. Man. Dave, gotta pick it up. Yeah, gotta gotta yeah, gotta make a comeback. Could happen. <laughs> Just about anything could happen. Uh, let's see. Uh, we want to go with Curtis Granderson. Curtis Granderson, part one. He'd be more of a bench type of player. There's a drive deep to right. Get up, ball. Get up, ball. Oh, he's he's giving instructions to the ball. Those are my favorite. Uh, I'm gonna ask actually, Josh. Do you have a do you have a instinct on this one to help the guys out maybe? I don't want to influence the decision. Come on, man. I'm a spectator and a scorekeeper this time. <laughs> All right, Nick. I believe it's your first guess. All right. I'm going to go ball and play. Uh, so like a hit. All right. And Dave? So we have to have a home run at some point, right? The There's law no... of averages says that this, <laughs> that this must be a home run. No, that's that's not how the law of averages works at all. Still, I think, think it's a home run. All right, here we go. 
Get up the wall. Here's Double. Granderson headed for a second. The throw is off the home. <laughs> just missed hitting a home run. <laughs> just like Dave just missed scoring his first point. <laughs> Nick, oh, nice little three straight run. Wow. Uh, don't worry, we we always have a bonus question, so we'll we'll get to the bonus question eventually. <laughs> okay. Uh, rough round, rough round. It's fine. It's, it's, fine. it's yeah. It. I mean, it happens to the best of us and to <laughs> others as well. <laughs> and then also. <laughs> okay, so this is a Russell Martin at bat plate appearance, whatever you want to call it. Here we go, part one, Russell Martin. High fly ball to left field. Martini back. Martini is chasing a Martin. Home, uh, oh, oh, oh. Uh, he's, he's chasing a Martin ball. Dave, Dave, you get first guess. <laughs> Power positivity. That's going to be a home run. It's right. got to be a home run at some point, right? Law of averages. <laughs> it's the law of it's averages so episode. Well so Nick? It's worked so well for me so far. Yeah, I'm. I'm Gonna go home run too. Alrighty. He's looking up and that ball is gone. Russell Martin with a two run home run. You definitely get a second that one home run. Yeah, I, I know. That's why we have the bonus question for when I screw up inevitably at some point. Yeah, so this bonus question is worth four points. Four <laughs> points. Given how, given, how, given how close the game is, we do need the bonus question. Yeah, so, but this, so. this, yeah absolutely. <laughs> it's It's been very tight contest if you've been paying attention. <laughs> I'm, I'm on a Kendrick Morales-like streak here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is Justin Smoke. I'm going to play part one, but the question is not going to be the usual question. So here we are. High fly ball, deep to right center field. Enciarte Marquecas on the run. Okay, so first of all, I will ask you for the, the regular guess. Uh, is it Dave's turn? No, I think Nick. it's Nick's. I'm sorry, Nick. Well, I'll ask you for the regular guess, Nick. Uh, based, based on that clip, I'm going to go ball and play. All right, so that's only worth one point. The, the four-point part is... Is Buck going to use one of his famous cliches, i.e. tell the ball to get up, tell the ball to get out of there, or somehow incorporate a swing and a drive? Or, and if he is going to use one of those, how many times is he going, or how many total is he going to use? Uh, Dave, you still have to guess your first pet part, right? Oh, that's right, yes. Um, I think it's a base hit, too. I agree with Nick. How bad right. that is. Sorry, Dave. Second part. Uh, he likes using get up ball, and he likes using it twice. So we'll go with that. Nick. All right, Nick. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna say he uses them, and he uses three. <laughs> Price is right, Styles. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Power move. This ball is gone. Justin Smoke, his thirteenth no. home run. No, oh, oh, which means Dave is closer. Four points no, they're for Dave. Both wrong. Oh. No, we're both we're both wrong. You know what, guys? You know who the real winner is? All of us for getting to listen to this. Buck Martinez. <laughs> he gets every one of these right every single time. <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> that's very true. Oh my goodness! Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for giving us some laughs. Um, 
I, I don't know what to say except that I didn't include Buck's most ridiculous call of the season in this episode of Swing and a Drive. Do you actually believe that, Dave? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it, it, it was pretty straightforward as Buck home runs go, which is a sliding scale to start with. But uh, that's, uh, yeah. And also the bar for a really bad buck call is really, yeah. really high or low, depending on your point. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> see, what, what you need to do is you need to have Nick keep doing this to see if he can continue a streak like Kendry's. Like, like do that. Cause he's, no, he he's blew on it on the last one. He said it was yeah. a ball in play. Oh, no, that's uh, right. It was a bonus question. It, though. it doesn't count. It's like extra innings. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, is, this yeah. Like, is this like Jeopardy where I get to go next week until I lose? <laughs> <laughs> I managed to cobble these clips together once every six months, and Nick, Nick asked, can I come back next week? Oh, boy. I'll tell you what, Nick, you can come back next week and go off all of the clips that Greg has. Yeah. <laughs> all There'll right. Be no swinging a drive for the next week. <laughs> okay, gentlemen, I'm going to wrap it up. Once again, thank you for joining us. Um, if you want to come on and play swinging a Drive, you can slide on by our Patreon, and uh, we can have a laugh together about all of that uh, in the upcoming offseason, because Lord knows there's not going to be any playoffs. And <laughs> we'll talk to y'all. Playoffs? <laughs> Have a good night. talk about the playoffs? <laughs> I am never disappointed by swinging a drive. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's weird being on the other side. You know, I think I did a great job scorekeeping, gotta say. Yeah, you're uh, you're doing a much better job than I did. Although, like <laughs> like Buck's calls, the bar there is a bit low. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're just gonna go straight to the questions, aren't we? Yeah. Time now to hear from our listeners. That just seems silly. Here are the rules: first, I ask a question, then you ask a question. Now, how does that sound, sweetheart? Could you repeat the question, please? Alrighty, do I have the correct window in front of me? I do! That's crazy. Colleen Evans, at Colleen Evans 6, asks, From a pitcher's point of view, what is the difference between control and command of their pitches? It's a question that comes up from time to time, because um, as a casual fan, I think those, those sound like similar words. I understand how you would interpret them as similar. But from a scouting perspective, uh, as I understand it, those are very different words. But I'll let you get into the details. Yeah, and it becomes especially confusing when pitchers use it because pitchers use the terms interchangeably. When they're not throwing strikes, they say, I had bad command. But control is simply the ability to throw strikes. That's it. Command is the ability to throw good strikes, essentially. It's to be able to put the ball where you want to put it. So, you know, like a guy can have good control, but he's just throwing the ball in the general direction of the plate, whereas a command guy will be able to put it low and away, up and in, as he so desires. That's the essential difference. So he's commanding within the zone. He's directing his pitches as opposed to just controlling the overall direction of where the ball goes. That's sort of how I think of it. Right. I mean, that's that's a good summation. And, and there's also the ability to throw the ball out of the zone in good spots on command, right? That That's a big part of it, too. So some guys just throw the ball over the plate and over the plate and over the plate, and then that's it. Whereas, you know, say like Osuna, for example, I mean, it's weird talking about him in a positive context right now, but he had fantastic command of his slider, the ability to put that just off the plate and just down enough to get a hitter to chase, but where it's not a strike. 
Right. So first you must have control. Then you get command. Yes. Cool. Question two from Jobu's Hrum at Brian Donnelly 8. Do you think Billy McKinney's hot streak is changing? I, I could barely remember his name last week, and he's hit like two more home runs since. He's changing the team's <laughs> plans for him long term. Is it just gravy from someone they didn't expect too much from? Also, his swing reminds me a bit of Sean Green. Am I nuts? I'm just going to say yes to the second question and let you answer the first. Well, I mean, if you think he's, if is Sean Green, then you're nuts. But the swing can be similar. I mean, Ryan Goins had a nice swing. He just couldn't hit the ball with it. So, oh man, I'm all with the cheap <laughs> shots against Ryan Goins. But the answer to the first question, is it changing their plans for him? I don't know. I mean, I, so like if he does this through the end of the season, it could be sort of like a Teoscar Hernandez situation from last year where Teoscar Hernandez was basically looked at as a fourth outfielder. And then he went off and then they're like, okay, we'll give him another chance after he started hot in Buffalo. And then he went off again and that sort of sustained him as a starting player, even though he's sort of reverted back into that role a little bit. McKinney was a top hundred prospect, so he's not a nobody, but this kind of power was never really expected. So I don't know. I think, I think he's probably like a, you know, a left fielder on a second division. So not a championship team. And I don't think that's changed. Fair enough. This next one comes from Bird's Eye View Baltimore. Uh, they just sent us a smug <laughs> Buck, <laughs> Buck Show Walter gift. Well, earned. It's deserved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But on, on the other hand, um, they asked how bad the Orioles were. And then we told them. And they were that bad. And now they're not. I'm just confused about the whole thing. But it, it was also a response to the, the. So the original tweet said, Was the sweep karma for our shots at the Orioles last week? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so this was a response to that. <laughs> this is our laughing smug buck. Most Real question. Yeah. Oh, a question. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. From Todd Katz at Jazzmeister2005. Long time listener, first time question. Thanks, Todd. What kind of fan reaction or reception do you expect Donaldson will get when he is in a different uniform, in parentheses, a.k.a. Red Sox, when he next plays at Rogers Center? Okay, first of all, let's not get him into the Red Sox uniform just yet. Wait, is... Let's just take it the, the yeah. general question. When he comes back <laughs> the first time. <laughs> I think he, he, unless he really throws uh, the Blue Jays, you know, sort of organization under the bus, as he's sort of been you know, kind of poking around. I mean, if, if he's not happy, he's not happy. But if he says they're, you know, a horrible team to play for, or he didn't like Canada or something, well, that's on him. Uh, I think generally, though, he has been part of some of the best moments of the last four years that the Blue Jays have had. And he's, he's been key to the Blue Jays getting where they got in the playoffs. So I, I think fans will remember him fondly. I don't think there's any reason not to. Yeah, he's going to get a massive ovation when he comes back. I, I don't think there's any real question about this. He's, he was a MVP in the year that they made it back to the postseason for the first time in 20-some-odd years. So he's going to get cheered heavily. Indeed. Alex Hume at ahume92 asks, some players get sweets for game. A.J. Burnett got a car service for his wife between Maryland and Toronto because she didn't like air travel. What is the weirdest baseball contract perk you remember? So there's, I got two answers here. The first one is sort of a, just a weird thing where in 2001, when A-Rod signed his big contract, he got, uh, there was a bonus for ALDS MVP. <laughs> I think we've mentioned that before. Yeah, and Jose Bautista got it again in his last contract with the Blue Jays. 
which yeah who's writing that contract yeah i mean that those are goofy but at least but i get it more with the a-rod one because it's a 10-year deal and there's a chance that that could come in over the life of the contract <laughs> the jose Bautista year was a one-year deal <laughs> so that was really weird but the real answer troy gloss and i remember this because the jays had to pick this up he had a clause in his contract for $250,000 a year for personal business expenses, which were paying for his wife's show jumping with her with horses. Of all the things that your business expense would be, would be show jumping. Yep. So, so anyway, obscure. <laughs> right. So the Jays picked that up. So they were paying $250,000 US a year for his wife to do show jumping. On a nicer note, uh, was... Doc Halliday's contract was it not a hundred thousand dollar a year donation to the Jay's Care Foundation stipulated as part of his contract? They actually do that a lot, and uh, typically it's like one percent of a player's contract that goes to the uh, the Jay's Care Foundation. Well, that's pretty cool. Those are the kind of perks we uh, could all get on board with, I think. Yep. I believe that is the end of our questions, bro. It is. We didn't. Uh, we we were so excited about swinging a drive. Uh, other than a final thought, I don't think we had anything else to cover. No, no doers. I mean, there were plenty of things we could have done, but we'll save them for next week. We decided to make our fun little swing and drive the extra segment. So my final thought is the weirdness about Ken Giles, where he's just dominant in safe situations and really not when it's not. And he, yeah. you know, the latest example of that, we saw that against uh, against Baltimore, he gave up technically only one earned run but the error was his so he up three runs i looked into the numbers there's no reason for this (laughs) (laughs) his fastball velocity his movement nothing consistent about it there's no actual logical reason for this to happen and i don't expect it to happen again so he's not he's not working any smarter or better in a safe situation he's just lucky yeah, but one thing it was like an adrenaline thing. The game's really on the line, but he's not throwing harder. So <laughs> that's out the window. It is It is quite the odd game, baseball. Um, I have no final thought because getting swept by the Orioles leaves me a blank canvas. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a slate on which nothing can be written this week. But perhaps by, by, by the time next week rolls around, I will have figured out what is going on and... Uh, and what the heck this team is going to do with itself as it goes uh, into September with really no reason to show up except for some sort of contractual obligation. Which is to say that you have been Joshua Housem at Joshua Housem, and I have been Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead2010. And our guest was Dave Church. Is it at Dave Church? Perhaps yeah. Dave underscore. Yeah. Uh, and, of course... With an assist from Nick Dyka. underscore, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Dave underscore church. With an assist from Nick Dyka at Nick Dyka. Uh, this has been Artificial Turf Wars number 116. And we'll talk at you next week. <laughs> <laughs>